This is Weon, and you're listening to Gravitas Podcast, making sense of the news. Do you frequently get annoying calls from your bank? Sometimes they're offering you a credit card, sometimes they're asking you to take a loan. Well, I have a geopolitical equivalent of that. China is the bank, Africa is the customer, and Foreign Minister Wang Yi is the caller. He's on a three-nation tour of Africa. He's visiting Eritrea, Comoros, and Kenya. So the focus is Eastern Africa. To be fair, Wangi has a tough job there. A, he must saddle these countries with more loans. And B, he must convince them that it's a good idea. His first stop was Eritrea. Wangi met with their president and foreign minister. He knew exactly what to say. The United States has imposed sanctions on Eritrea. What for? Their role in the civil war in neighboring Ethiopia. So what does Wangi do? Condemn the U.S. sanctions and support Eritrea's policies. Well, that's the benefit of being an abusive regime. You don't have to care about human rights, neither at home nor abroad. His second stop was Kenya, and this was supposed to be a tough one. Kenya, you see, is a close ally of the U.S. Plus, the two countries have been fighting Islamist terrorism together. But as always, Chinese money trumped all of that. Between 2006 and 2017, Kenya borrowed heavily from China around $9.8 billion. By 2019, China owned 21% of Kenya's foreign debt and 72% of their bilateral debt. In other words, the debt trap is locked and loaded. If you ever visit Kenya, chances are you'll drive through a Chinese road or take a Chinese high railway or buy goods that arrived at a Chinese port. That's how deep China is investing. But if you ask Wang Yi, none of this is a debt trap. He says it's all hype and conspiracy. The so-called debt trap is simply not a fact. It is hype being played up by some with ulterior motives, and this is a speech trap created by those who don't want to see development in Africa. If there is any trap, it is about poverty and underdevelopment. Stop three was Comoros. It's a tiny island off eastern Africa in the, in the Indian Ocean. In Eritrea and Kenya, Wangi was more measured. He talked about partnerships, but in Comoros, there was no such pretense. He said three factors were driving growth in Comoros, and guess what? All three factors were China. Listen to this. Today, Comoros' development relies on three drivers. Firstly, the bilateral cooperation with China. Secondly, the drive from the Forum of China-Africa Cooperation. And finally, the resources from the China-Arab States Cooperation Forum. I believe that these three drivers will work together and strongly propel Comoro to achieve its goal by 2030. Talk about a humble guest. China doesn't see Africa as a continent of people. It sees only a twin conquest. One, to enrich their economy with Africa's resources. And two, a piece of land to compete and beat America. It's a cold-blooded way of looking at things, but that's what China is doing. Their loans are sinking African nations. Wang Yi may call it hype, but the numbers don't lie. China's total loans in Africa are worth $148 billion. $148 billion. They have funded 70 projects per year since 2010. 70. 70 per year. For 32 African countries, China is the biggest bilateral lender. 18 countries are renegotiating their debt. 12 are in talks for restructuring. What happens if they fail to repay? Say goodbye to national assets. 
We come back to the example of Kenya. They must pay around $60 billion to China's Exim Bank. What if they can't? The Mombasa port will be lost. In Uganda, the same could happen to the international airport, their only international airport. Uganda took a $200 million loan in 2015. If they fail to repay, China could take over the airport. Most Chinese loans are tagged with such toxic clauses. We don't get to know about them because more often than not, these are secret deals. And by the time these countries default, it's too late. The asset is already gone. This is China's plan in Africa, and their big focus is the Horn of Africa. Wang Yi announced that China would be appointing a special envoy for this region, the Horn of Africa. And frankly, it makes sense. The Horn is close to the Indian Ocean. It is fraught with political instability, basically the perfect chaos for China to exploit. The question is, how must the world react? We cannot let China swallow African countries. We must offer cheaper and safer alternatives to China's loans. And to do this, the U.S. must take the lead. Why the U.S.? For starters, they have the big wallet. Plus, they've been engaged in Africa since the Second World War. They have the embassies. They have the aid agencies. So if Joe Biden wants to build back better, he can start with Africa. Unfortunately, his predecessors have constantly ignored the continent. Take a look at foreign investments since 2014. In 2014, America was investing $69 billion in Africa. By 2017, it was $50 billion. By 2020, $47 billion. Less money equals less clout. All these geopolitical considerations aside, this is also a question of humanity. Africa as a continent has been suffering for centuries, first under colonialism and then ruthless autocrats. And now they have poverty and instability. The people of Africa deserve better than debt traps. I know appealing to China's conscience is pointless. They don't have one. So democracies must come together to help Africa build their infrastructure, eradicate their diseases, not in exchange of favors, but in the context of historical fairness.